Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the Educating Investors Podcast. My name is Scott Peterson, Financial Advisor of Harmony Wealth Management. Thanks for tuning in for today's episode, The Correction and the New Year. I believe that educated investors equal successful investors. The goal of this podcast is to help educate as many individuals as possible on markets, the economy, and financial planning topics. The NASDAQ and the Russell 2000 indexes went into correction to start the new year. We'll discuss the potential causes for the correction and what does this mean for the markets looking forward. January has been a rough month so far for the stock market, with many areas of the stock market and indexes in correction territory having their worst month in several years. Corrections are normal parts of market cycle which should be invested through to get the long-term returns of the market. The only reason you get the high returns over the long run is because you occasionally experience loss in the short run as the market valuations adjust to current economic and market conditions. This is the price of admission to invest. According to J.P. Morgan's Guide to the Market, over the last 42 years, the average intra-year drop in the S&P 500 is of negative 14%, but in 32 of the 42 years, the annual return for the S&P 500 was positive. It's not just the S&P 500. The Russell 2000 Index, which tracks small-cap U.S. stocks, has had an average intra-year decline of a negative 18.8% over the last 42 years, but has finished with a positive annual return in 29 of those 42 years. Finally, the EFA index, which tracks international developed stocks, has averaged an intra-year decline of a negative 15% over the last 42 years, but has finished with a positive annual return in 31 of those 42 years. According to data from the Wealth of Common Sense blog, it shows that from 1928 through 2021, that 95% of the years we have at least a 5% or worse intra-year decline, and 63% of the years we have a 10% or worse correction in the market. According to research from Dow Jones Market Data, the S&P 500 has averaged just over one 10% decline a year over its history and has averaged 3.4 pullbacks of at least 5% annually. Currently, we are in the middle of a correction for the NASDAQ, an index that comprises mostly large-cap growth stocks, and the Russell 2000, which comprises small-cap stocks. Through Friday of last week, the NASDAQ and the Russell 2000 were down around 14% 18% from their highs, respectively. Russell 2000 is close to entering a bear market, which would happen when the index is down 20% from its high. The S&P 500 currently has not entered a correction as the index is down about 8% from its high. According to research from Dow Jones Market Data, the Nasdaq has registered a correction 60 t- 66 times with this most recent one since it was launched in 1971. And of those corrections, 24 of them, or 37%, have resulted in bear markets or declines of at least 20% from a recent peak. So one piece of positive news is that is about two-thirds of the time these corrections in the NASDAQ don't continue to fall into a bear market. The major reason for these recent corrections is the Fed looking to tighten monetary policy through ending asset purchases, raising the Fed funds rate, and to potentially rolling off its balance sheet, known as quantitative tightening, to combat inflation. Tighter monetary policy tends to be more of a headwind for markets, especially high valuation stocks, and those that are highly levered, such as those in the Russell 2000. On top of that, doubts about parts of the economy and events outside of the country, such as China-U.S. relations, the Russia-Ukraine conflict, and Middle East unrest are also contributing to bearish or pessimistic tone for investors. Let's not forget that this is the second year of the presidential cycle and midterm election year, which tends to lead to more volatility and lower returns historically. So how long do these corrections tend to last? 
According to research from Bespoke Investment, 10% plus corrections on the NASDAQ have averaged a negative 15.2% drawdown since the great financial crisis and have lasted around 53 days. This one has already lasted longer than the average correction for the NASDAQ. According to Sam Stovall, Chief Investment Strategist at CFRA, it takes the S&P 500 on the average 135 days to get to a correction from peak to trough and only 116 days on average to get back to break even based on data going back to World War II. He goes on to state that there have been 20 other occasions when the S&P 500 index posted a calendar year gain of 20% or more and experienced a decline of at least 5% in the subsequent year. When such decline after a big gain in the previous year has happened in the first half of the new year, and it has on 12 occasions, the market has gotten back to break even 100% of the time. So from a historical standpoint, this is some positive news. We don't know how long these corrections will last, but there are some things for investors to look forward to see that we are getting near the end of the pullback. First, we like to see the market technically oversold and trying to build some level of support. We have not seen that yet with multiple days for the markets last week having intraday turnarounds which doesn't appear to be a good sign for the market's near-term prospects. Today, Monday, January 24th, was the first day that we had buying coming into the close. There's an old saying that retail investors open the market and institutional investors close it. So this could be the beginning of a positive trend if we are able to see strength in more trading sessions going into the close. Another possible market technical that is starting to look more positive is the number of new lows that the NASDAQ has been hitting. The NASDAQ had 1,315 and 1,755 new lows on Friday and today, respectively. This shows the depth of indiscriminate selling that was being done to the NASDAQ. Historically, this level of new lows on the NASDAQ has been positive looking forward for the NASDAQ 100 returns. 1,100 plus new lows on the NASDAQ has occurred four times with the last occurring during the pandemic. The average return a year out has been 61.56% with it positive in that time frame 100% of the time. It is a small sample but does show the potential for the recovery for the NASDAQ from this deep sell-off. Second, we would like to see some very negative or bearish sentiment indicator readings because they tend to be contrarian short-term bullish indicators for the market. We are starting to see this take place. The AAI Sentiment Survey weekly bullish readings have been below 25%. This historically has been a contrarian bullish indicator for the market. The CNN Fear and Greed Index has moved into the fear category. The CNN Fear and Greed Index is an investor sentiment tool that comprises of seven key market indicators including market averages, put call ratios, and yields. This is a contrarian reading as well as returns tend to be better coming off levels of fear and extreme fear, which we are at currently. The VIX curve has inverted. The VIX, which is a volatility index, tends to price in more risk in the future than in the present. However, the inverted VIX curve is now pricing in more risk now than in the future. According to Bloomberg, such an inverted curve has occurred four other times in the past year and all coincided with market bottoms. Finally, when markets are technically oversold and sentiment is bearish, there needs to be a catalyst for the market to find support and to start to move higher. One of those catalysts could be positive earnings and outlooks for companies. According to facts that research through the end of last week, for the companies that have reported, 76% of the S&P 500 companies have reported a positive earnings per share surprise, and 90% of the S&P 500 companies have reported a positive revenue surprise. We will get earnings from two of the most important components in the S&P 500 this week with Microsoft reporting tomorrow after the close and Apple on Thursday after the close. Positive reports and all by these two companies could provide an important catalyst for the market. 
The Fed meeting and press conference this week not delivering even more hawkish measures and easing of tension around Ukraine could also be those positive catalysts. The markets need to latch on to the positive catalyst to change the current negative narrative of the market. Market returns are consistent over the long term, and to get the average long-term return from your portfolio, investors need to be invested long-term through the complete market cycle. The price of admission to achieving these average long-term returns is has to put up with three-plus pullbacks of at least 5% and one pullback of at least 10% on average every year. There have always been reasons to sell over time, but the investors that pay the price of admission and stay invested have been the ones that have reaped the rewards of investing over the long term. This completes this episode of the Educating Investors podcast. I know that time is an important asset for everybody, so I appreciate you taking a part of your day to listen. If you enjoyed the content of this podcast, feel free to share this with other friends and family that may be interested. Also, feel free to check out my website at www.harmonywealthmgmt.com to learn more about what I do as well as to find my contact information and link to my LinkedIn page and blog. The Educating Investors podcast is presented for informational purposes only. The information presented on the Educating Investors podcast should not be construed as investment advice. Always consult a licensed investment professional before making investment decisions. The Educating Investors podcast is so Scott Peterson and his firm Harmony Wealth Management LLC should not be held liable for losses resulting from the investment decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on the Educating Investors podcast show.